Hey there, everybody. Out and about in the wind and occasional rain here. We're thinking of our friends impacted by Dorian. Be very safe out there. Listen, I don't quite get the new Ozzy Osbourne contribution to the Post Malone track, a new track out there. I have to admit it's a bit strange. I don't dislike it. Don't get me wrong. And that makes me feel funny because I'm not really a Post Malone fan, but maybe I should check out more of his stuff. You know, I like the old stuff, but uh, it is interesting. Also talking about rock stars embracing their fans through social media. Martin Page, who was on the show a few weeks back, actually taking us on a visual tour, a video tour of his home studio. He posted on Facebook. That's where he was in that room when he phoned into our podcast. So that seemed pretty cool. We've got some crazy Iron Maiden news and some other stuff out there we're talking about on the show, which starts right now. In a world entrenched in darkness, desperately seeking hope and security, a coalition of nations invoke a highly classified program commissioned by their ancestors generations ago for such a time when all else has failed. They called for but one man to light the flame, to carry the torch, which is really a guitar, ready to blast the battle cry. Behold, the time has come for Rock and Roll. Ah, yes, 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 it is the weekend. We made it, my friends. Uh, well, let, we we made it. Come on, we can't complain. It was a shortened work week, okay? We had the labor. This week went by so, so fast, and we were squeezing out our usual three shows, but this show went by, this week went by so ridiculously fast, right? And it was, it was I hope you had a good week. I You know, it was, you know, you're, you're relaxed, you're back to work, and, you know, maybe you're a little stressed out from work, and guess what? The weekend comes up again, so you should be good to go, and we've got the podcast for you. Welcome in. We have a big interview announcement that I'm going to get to in moments. Well, I, I yeah, I know I, I put it up online on one of my social media accounts. I'm not going to tell you which one just yet because I want you to hear it uh, first. I guess it, it, it'll be new to you if you hear it first, but we, we couldn't resist. We got it confirmed and we put it up on one of our social media accounts yesterday. So, um, that's out there, and uh, we will we will confirm that in just mere moments. A uh, couple of bits of news. I did get a press release from uh, the uh, individual who handles uh, matters for um, for Judas Priest. Rob Halford is doing a Christmas album uh, called Celestial. It's coming out in October, without question. Okay, this is an article actually from um, an online resource, but. Um, Basically, uh, you know, we'll find that really, uh, you know what, can I, hang on, that release is, um, well, it's on, it's on my other phone, but anyway, uh, yeah, so why not, uh, Blabbermouth says, without question, Rob Halford is one of heavy metal's all-time great vocalists, as heard through his highly influential and groundbreaking no Siri, I don't need you now. Groundbreaking works uh, with Judas Priest, but over his career, he's been well. Okay, look, it's an article, but the, the point is, he has a, a, a an art a, a album coming out uh, with Christmas music, and uh, so that's going to be something. Uh, uh, it's called Rob Halford with family and friends. Uh, that's the banner, uh, and um, he has uh, Alex, uh, who's Ian Hill's son, who was in that band Lunar Mile. We were just talking about them yesterday. Uh, he was in a band with uh, Tony Iommi's daughter, but um, 
uh, I guess, uh, technically, Alex Hill is uh, Ian Hill's son, we know, and technically is uh, um, Rob's uh, nephew, it looks like. Anyway, so he'll be on the album, so that's going to be pretty cool. Um, the track listing, Celestial is a new song, Donner and Blitzen's a new song, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, Always uh, in a Manger, Morning Stars, a new song, Deck the Halls, Joy to the World, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, The First Noel, uh, Good King Winslow's, um and a new song called Protected by the Light. So uh, some new stuff and some classic, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the stuff in the press release is about the same. I did a quick read, but we'll get a little bit more into it, post it online. Um, but very cool stuff there. So something scary happened here. There was a fan who was attacked at a um, Iron Maiden show, it looks like. Um, let me just see, let me find this. Iron... Uh, you know, this was, I just saw this, uh, this is TMZ, uh, Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson, uh, take this dome to the, to bleeping cleaners, okay, so, some British, uh, cursing slang in there, anyway, I think, Bruce Dickinson goes nuclear on a venue after a fan gets beats up, Bruce Dickinson was so, uh, pissed off after a fan got the crap kicked out of him at an Iron Maiden show, he stopped the concert to rip into the venue and its security force, and the video is wild, uh, the Iron Maiden frontman passionately addressed the crowd over the bloody incident Thursday night at the Tacoma Dome, saying, I hope that kid is getting hospital treatment now because he's bleeding from the head wounds, I hope that kid takes this building to the effing cleaners. Okay. Uh, Bruce Dickinson uh, says the band has been playing uh, to hundreds of thousands of people on tour and they've never seen anything like the beatdown this guy received. I've never seen, I've seen Iron Maiden five times. I've never seen anything like that either. He wondered out loud, this is TMZ reporting, uh, he wondered out loud how the, um, out loud to the crowd if this kind of thing happens frequently at the venue. Um, uh, the singer asks asks the crowd if they have any video of the beating, saying the band would be happy to help find the bullies and the uh, effing criminals who are responsible. Then, in a perfect segue, the band starts playing the evil that men do. It's unclear if the injured fan is still receiving medical treatment. Is there... Vi uh, okay, well, we got to play some video. TMZ video of this uh, situation here. It's going to... After a commercial. Oh, there's a commercial. Of course there's a commercial. Anyway, uh, so we'll wait for this to go by and we'll play it real quick. But um, what a segue into the song, The Evil That Men Do. Yeah, I've never... You know, Iron Maiden, they've had heavier bands open for them who do um, moshing and things like that. But I've never seen anything like that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. thousand people so far on this tour. This is the first time anything like this has happened. I don't know if this happens in this building all the time. I don't know if this is an act of fucking madness. And I hope that kid who's getting hospital treatment now, though, because he's bleeding from head wounds, I hope that kid takes his building to the fucking cleaners. All right, well, there's that. And uh, so, yeah, I hope that uh, young man's okay. And I hope they find the people who did that. No idea what sparked 
that moment of outrage there, but um, not something that typically happens at an Iron Maiden show. Okay, so the announcement, again, it was on social media, but we'll do it for you fine folks here, of course, because we have to do it on air. The great legendary Desmond Child will be on the show. We are scheduled for an interview next week. He has more than 80 songwriting credits on uh, the uh, Billboard uh, charts, and, um, you know, You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer with Bon Jovi, uh, I Was Made for Loving You, I believe was the first one that he did with Kiss back in uh, 79, Dynasty, and, uh, I mean, he has written hits with Cher, and, of course, he wrote Living La Vida Loca for you Ricky Martin fans out there. We don't really talk a whole lot about Ricky Martin on the show. Um, Not really rock and roll, but it's still very cool and obviously a huge song. Well, Desmond Child has a new uh, album coming out where he's... uh, doing reworking some of those classic songs and 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 we got to ask him about the dudes of wrath also that whole project on the shocker soundtrack about 30 years ago by the way you know and you know what we're going to do a whole thing on that soundtrack this is perfect so i'm excited for that um desmond child the legendary singer songwriter who's worked with michael bolton uh who's worked with sia who's worked with um with joan jett so many others we are just elated and so excited so that will be up by midweek next week and uh we will tweet that out when we get it and uh, the celebration of rock and roll will continue in mass Hello, friends. Thank you so much for checking out this program. If you want to know more about this show or your host, you can check out DaveKinchin.com for all of the information. Also, find us on social media, Dave Kinchin USA, on Twitter, on Facebook, Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. And for the Dave Kinchin Tonight Public Affairs Program, just search Dave Kinchin Tonight on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about this whole social media thing in so many different ways, and obviously one key way of talking about it is how musicians and rock stars interact with their fans on on social media. It's a whole different thing. I mean, there's, there's musicians out there who are just stellar on social media, and in some ways, you know, they're superstars there and at a time when maybe it's a different, it's the older generation that goes to see their music. It's younger people who find these stars, uh, like uh, maybe, you know, any of the guys from, you know, uh, Motley Crue, uh, really Nikki Six, especially, I think is the most visible of the band on on uh, Twitter and social media. Tommy Lee is as well, you know, so imagine you're a younger fan of some of the newer bands out there, but then, you know, you're on social media and oh, let me check out Crue and I, you know, my dad told me about them or something. Something, and you interact with these guys, and wow, I just, you know, Nikki Six just replied to my comment, or Paul Stanley just replied to my comment, or something like that. It's a it's a whole new world. It's better than an autograph. I mean, first of all, it's, you know, we're going to get into all of that just talking about the social media impact of uh, musicians, rock stars online and, and how they interact with fans and how it's really changed the game. You know, it's funny, I, I almost... Um, I, I was. I woke up yesterday. I was a little bit uh, uh, tired, and you know, it was just a long uh, work shift before. And I, I just happened to look online, and I look at Sammy Hagar's um, uh, Instagram, and he tweeted out, a, or I shouldn't say tweeted. He put on Instagram a picture of uh, him and the guys. Uh, uh, in Van Halen back around 96 during the premiere of the uh, Humans Being uh, video, I think it was. Let me uh, see if I could find that again. 
because it was one of the coolest things. I, I just said, you know, because I remember, okay, yeah, I was on Instagram, uh, it was a day ago, Throwback Thursday, baby, that's right. Uh, this was the 1996 premiere of the movie Twister is what it was, which included the VH song Humans Being. Uh, that's the last uh, video. This was a very tense time for the band. We've talked about it on this show. Uh, you know, I'm the biggest fan of Van Halen and Kiss that you're probably going to meet. You know, and so we talk a lot about them on the show. Other bands, of course, many, many other bands, but we've talked at length about Van Halen. Uh, so Sammy says here, uh, left to right, Eddie Valerie, of course, a two-month-old um, Kama or Kima. I'm not sure how uh, they pronounce their daughter's name. Kari, uh, yours truly, Sue Anthony, Mikey, uh, and Alex, of course. And uh, you know, let me just see if we can analyze this photo because remember they did the video for Humans Being, and, and you know, there's the, there's a the line where Eddie and Alex are kind of shouting at each other. Um, Alex, uh, let's see, Eddie, Eddie's kind of trying to get a smile in, sort of. He's trying hard to get a smile in. Uh, Alex looks pretty happy. Uh, Eddie, eh, as we said, trying to smile. I don't know. It was a very tense time. There's, there's two people separating, um, Alex, I'm sorry, Eddie and Sammy. So maybe that was a good thing, but, um, you know, because they, there was, they went through the whole thing about writing about tornadoes and, you know, uh, Sam, uh, Eddie said that he told Sammy not to write about tornadoes. And then Sammy has those lyrics related to tornadoes because the movie's about tornadoes and there was all kinds of friction over, you know, Sammy did not want to do the soundtrack. Didn't, uh, you know, Sammy was, um, because remember their, their little baby right there, that, that's the, that's the uh, baby that his wife, uh, Kari, was pregnant with at the time, and um, and Sammy wanted to spend more time with their new baby. Actually, uh, I think uh, their, their uh, child there was just born around that time, uh, and they wanted to spend more time with the baby and not do the soundtrack and not do the greatest hits. You know, there was all that stuff that was going on. I'm probably splicing up the history just a tad, but, you know, it was generally how it went. Uh, they didn't, you know, there was friction over doing the soundtrack, friction over doing a greatest hits record uh and all of that stuff and they agreed after the balance tour to take some time off and and sammy um sammy and, and um his wife were pregnant with their their first child in in that marriage and and of course they wanted um you know they agreed to take time off and plus eddie had and, and alex had some medical stuff going on alex had the neck vertebrae issue going on right so they had to deal with that and so there was all this tension because the manager ray daniel said according to sammy you know we got to do the soundtrack get sammy back here and all this stuff and and it all just kind of went kablooey right so it was an interesting thing to see that picture because I just remember that era so well and, and it's funny looking at any picture um, you know that you probably had to go to the, the, the drugstore and develop right you know and it's not a Polaroid so you had to go and develop the photo whatever um, although Sammy probably had his own photo developing company the, the guy's such an entrepreneur Sammy Hagar probably had his own you know photo developing company wouldn't you think right you'd probably you'd probably think that anyway so I, I thought, wow, you know, that takes you back to an instant memory. And, you know, it shows how things change. You know, the world changes so much and people get older and people unify and then get divided and unify again and get divided and all of that. And so when one of your favorite musicians posts something like that, that's an ultimate throwback. And you remember that era. You were, I was a kid then, but, you know, you remember that. It's a special thing, you know. And uh, I didn't, uh, Sammy, I don't think, 
comments a lot on his page. He posts, but I don't think he comments a lot on, on from what I've seen, comments toward to fans. Uh, somebody like Dave Mustaine, totally different. I mean, that's how I got to meet Dave Mustaine. I, you know, I, I tweeted an article, and I was it was a joke. It was just a half-joking kind of thing. It was about uh, one of the former band members and, you know, some back-and-forth stuff. And I said, but Dave, I thought you'd get along with everybody, you know. And I was just, I was just being silly, you know. And he said something like, you know, low class dude, come on, you're better than that. And I was so shocked to get a response back because it was just, I was just, it was, it was honestly just a, a simple, I mean, you can't really tell what inflection and what people mean. You can't get a tone online. It wasn't written in all caps, so I wasn't yelling or anything like that. But it was, you know, I was, I, I said, Dave, I, I'm just a big fan. I, I was just trying to be, you know, I, I was just, making a lighthearted joke honestly you know we all and, and, and he said okay sorry man I took it way too far did not know you were razzing me uh listen you know next time we're out your way have I would love to have you and some friends come to see a show and I'm like oh wow that's pretty cool so then you know yes my producers heard the story a bunch of times just well you're gonna hear it again there's great folks out there in the in the Conchillion uh alliance of great rock and roll nations out there 75 and counting people from 75 countries listening to this show who have not heard this story so just relax okay that's why we don't give the producer a microphone okay you you got you can't, but i still the I, I, as your lovable host your 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 humble uh you know respectful gracious grateful host i'm still razzed by this person who just has to listen and make sure the levels are you know somewhat working out okay all right all right back on track now before I you know since I was so rudely interrupted again but I guess that's part of the show too if you've listened to the show you know what's what's this program with that a little you know interruption from my producer there okay but but this is this is how much love I have for you out there in the audience I deal with this so you don't have to deal with this I you know I take the arrows so you my great friends and listeners and, and supporters of the show so you don't have to all right but anyway uh so Dave Mustaine as I get back on track here Dave Mustaine you know, said that, and, and you know, I look at the schedule about mm, six months later. They're coming to Camden in 26 October of 2016. So that was almost three years ago. It's hard to believe. So I said, "This is great." So I, I tweeted at him. I said, "Hey, uh, Dave," you know, and I took a screenshot. I said, "You know, I'd uh, love to take you up on that that uh, you know chance to meet you guys." And he said, "Great." Um, you know, uh, I think he said email. He gave me a, someone an email. Um, so somehow uh, th I was. He directed me to somebody to contact something. I'm, I'm, this is off the top of my head. There was some kind of, of redirection to a certain person I needed to talk to. So I reached out to them and, and said, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Mustaine invited me to the show. And, and I didn't hear back anything at first, uh, really up until that night, because um, I, I had no idea how any of this works. I mean, I, I, it, it turns out it would be as simple as, hey, you know, leave some tickets for this person. So I go, I go to the window. The person I was going to go with couldn't make it, so it was just me. So I go to the ticket window, and I said, hi, you know, I got this screenshot, you know, um, uh, from Mr. Mustaine. Uh, you know, he said that there, uh, something about, you know, tickets and, and, and everything. And uh, and um, they said, okay, do you have your ID? I showed him my ID, and they looked. And all of a sudden, he pulled out an envelope, a thick envelope, you know, and the guy looks up at me smiling, the, the clerk, and I'm looking at him. I said, what the heck do I do now? Like, what? It said, to Dave Kinchin from Dave Mustaine. I still have it. I still have the envelope. And um, 
and in it back so were some front row seats, uh, front row tickets, and backstage passes. Well, needless to say, I, di I didn't even uh, need the front row um, tickets, and uh, I, I can't recall uh, what I did with those. But I, um, I know I, um, I think I couldn't remember if I, I, I tried to find someone to give it to, but um, you know, I. I, I this is, my memory is a little fuzzy because it was such a, a you know, uh, it, it was just, um, there were so many things going on in my mind at the time, you got to understand, you know. So I put the uh, green um, uh, backstage pass on and they say, they say, okay, you go through this door, go through this door, go through this door. And I met the tour manager who was who could not have been nicer and he walked me into this area where, um, you know, I guess the crew was eating and they said, yeah, would you like to grab a meal? I said, sure, I, I did. And um, they were super nice. And, and then all of a sudden Dave Mustaine comes in. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my God, I see this tall guy, you know, with red, you know, red hair. And I'm like, oh, you know, holy crap, you know, and I'm not wearing it. Keep in mind, I'm not wearing any kind of a name tag or anything. The, the backstage pass just has the, the artwork for the album Dystopia. And, it, and you know, the tour, it, it did not have my name on it. I'm not wearing anything with my name. Keep in mind, okay? And I, I only have like 6,000 followers on Twitter, so it's not like I'm a big name or anything. I mean, my account's verified, but still, you know, Dave Mustaine has a million, at that time, just under a million Twitter followers. And I said, hi, uh, Mr. Mustaine, how are you? And he looks over, he said, Dave, how are you? And, I'm, and obviously, there's even more stuff going through my mind right now. Like, how does he know my name? He knows my name. This is crazy. And um, of course, we share the same name, but still. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment. So we chatted for a little bit. I had a, a beer, uh, hung out with them backstage, and then got to see the show from the um, the audio uh, booth, which was on the side of the stage. Usually, I, I always thought they were way back, but I guess the audio person, or at least one of the audio people, they were just, just. I mean, I, I guess I could say I was probably, you know, a, a ten second, a five second walk over to the guitar player, you know. So it was really cool. It was really an awesome experience. And, and these are the kind of things I think about. And I just say, you know, you know, social media has that power. And so, you know, the, who knew? I mean, you'd, you'd be able to connect in, in that kind of a way. And I was also thinking about, um, I was also thinking about, uh, I mean, gosh, you know, Paul Stanley, I, I remember tweeting at him one day and I said, I wonder which of the, the books have sold, um, more and he said you know of all the artists and he said mine mine sold better than all of the others and it was uh, you know and i think i tweeted at something about the, the solo albums too and uh, and, and but anyway i got a response to one of those questions and i was just amazed you know it was and, and you can tell who really tweets like neil sean's great neil sean from journey is fantastic i mean he he and his wife are, are just a great couple and 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 just so in love and they share their story on instagram and neil will just jam you know show us some of those amazing guitars the trio of life series of les pauls that he he has are just outstanding you get a little envious but you're so happy like wow these are great instruments out there you know, maybe one day I'll buy one. I'll be able to buy one of those things. But, um, you know, but only the best for the best, you know. Um, but such a cool, and he's a cool dude, too. You know, all these people are just, you know, it's a whole new world for them to interact. And, and when you get part of that interaction as a fan, it's even better than an autograph. It's better than, you know, it's, it's maybe almost better than a meet and greet, or at least it's something, you know. It's some sort of connection. You can screenshot it. You can frame it. And, uh, you know, I before I started this show, I was doing just that as a fan, you know, and, and before I was ever interviewing folks like that, you know, it was just, you know, it was, it was, these were just cool fan moments, you know, so 
I think about how social media is giving, has given artists a whole new way of reaching out. Um, when I interviewed, uh, right before we started this podcast, I interviewed uh, Dave, um, David Coverdale for a, um, a spot for his, um, in, in the, the, where I work, a, a news article uh, for his tour that, it, that was coming through the Flesh and Blood tour coming through. They were playing the Parks Casino and he talked about how um, he's a young lady who does all of his social media and, and how he's just amazed, uh, you know, by the way he can connect with fans and, and interact. And, you know, some of the classic videos have like 50 million, 60 million views on YouTube and things like that. And this is, you know, 30 years later, you know, for still of the night and, um, you know, uh, you know, here I go again and all of these others. So these artists are so amazed by the power of social media. Also, you know, somebody like Tom Morello, who, you know, will, will get political at times, but also interacts with fans, uh, does a great, there's a big thing with that. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really cool. I mean, um, it's just a, it's a great experience because it, it makes it personal. It makes it the, the connection um, much more personal. And and really, that's what we need in, in music. Music's all about that personal connection. So when you can have all this time go by and still have uh, that outreach, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Yes, so just a few thoughts on rock stars and social media and get on social media and interact with them now. You never know what may happen. Okay, Desmond Child on the show next week and uh, enjoy the weekend, my friends. The rock and roll will continue on Monday because that's just what we do and we do it better than anybody else because of you fine folks out there. Enjoy the weekend. See ya.